Welcome to Disrupting Japan. Straight talk from Japan's most successful entrepreneurs. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for joining me. One of the ideas I've talked about a lot over the past few years, and one that's finally gaining some acceptance, is that the bulk of meaningful innovation in Japan is going to come not from startups, but from mid sized companies. Of course, Japanese venture capital and the ecosystem will adapt to include these players, but things are going to develop differently in Japan than in the United States. With this in mind, perhaps you won't be too surprised to learn that Japan's leading drone company is not a traditional startup, but a mid sized company that pivoted into drones from a completely different industry. Today, We'll sit down with Takoyuki Kumada, founder and CEO of Blue Innovation, Japan's leading drone integrator. Now, Blue Innovation attracted international attention last year with the announcement of their T Friend drone. Now, this drone is designed to reduce overtime by flying around the office, taking pictures of staff, and telling them to go home. And yeah, we, we talk about how effective this is likely to be. But we also talk about the integrator strategy, the one that's being pursued by a lot of the most successful high tech startups in Japan. It's a strategy that allows them to quickly collaborate across industries and brings in immediate cash flow. But it does come at a cost, and it might not be stable long term. But We'll get into that. We also talk about the future of drones, both in Japan and globally, and what's really holding the industry back, and why the Japanese government crackdown on drones might have actually forced the industry to focus on a very specialized and very lucrative niche. But you know, Takayuki tells his story much better than I can. So let's get right to the interview. So, I'm sitting here with Takayuki Kumada, the CEO of Blue Innovation. And Blue Innovation is developing civil engineering services using drones. So, thanks for sitting down with me. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry. On your website and in interviews, I've heard you describe Blue Innovation as drone integrators. Yeah, yeah.、Mm-hmm. I was wondering if you could explain. What exactly does that mean? What is a drone integrator?、Ah, I see. So, drone integrator means、uh, hardware and a software and a solution. We manage each component. So, you work with various different companies in different industries to, to sell drone technologies, right? Yes, that's right. Before we get into all of the different systems you're developing, let's step back a bit because Blue Innovation it didn't start out making drones. Blue Innovation started in 1999. Yeah, yeah, yes, that's right. And you, you were focusing on, on environmental issues or coastal erosion? Yes, yes, that's right. First, our business side is a power protection to disaster. So, We developed the countermeasure against、uh, beach erosion and、uh, tsunami. Okay. Yeah. 
So uh, we need some aerial photograph because uh, uh, we try to understand the cause of uh, disaster. So aerial photograph is a very, very important. So we bought the aerial photograph for the, some company in the past, but we could not gather it after the disaster. After the, after the disaster's area photograph, we could not get that. So we thought, uh, so how to get or how to take a photograph after the disaster at the point. So it, it, it turned out that, that at the, the, the time when it was most important to yes. get that information, yes. to get that photograph, you yes, couldn't yes. get it. Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah. Right after the disaster, yes. Mm. So at that time, did you, did you contract out to drone companies? Did you start, did you buy drones yourself? How did you start using drones? Yeah. Ten years ago, we searched the technology for the how to take a photo, area photograph. We found uh, the technology in uh, University of the Tokyo. So the University of Tokyo developed the drone system. So we met the, the professor. So Ms. Uh, Professor Suzuki developed the UAV, Amand Area Vehicle. So he was developing the hardware or the software that controlled it? Both. Both. But yeah, yeah. Hardware and the software. The, the main, main part, main research part is uh, software. And, and this was in 2000, what year was this? 2006. That was pretty early in the drone cycle. Yes, yes. So uh, we tried to please rent an area robot, robot. So Professor Suzuki said, okay, so let's together try to the, the research. Okay. So first time that we use the, the coastal monitoring uh, by this uh, UAV, we developed the coastal monitoring system uh, using UAV. At that time, you were still a coastal erosion environmental company just using drones. So when did you make the pivot to become a drone company yourselves? So ICAO decided drone concept to aircraft. So many companies develop the revised aviation law all over the world. At the time, in Japan, the government didn't move the revised aviation law. But uh, some maybe IT venture, you know, the Yahoo, right. toka, Google, toka, moved very faster. But some maybe IT venture company uh, contacted to us. They said, so we want to develop the UAV system, drone system. Do you have the drone system, UAV system? So maybe uh, about uh, four or five years ago, many companies contacted to uh, us about a drone system so, um, because uh, there are some drone on our website. So these startups and venture companies were contacting you hoping you would be a customer for their photography services or were they contacting you to be a, a partner for developing drone uh, systems? More case by case, so development and uh, they want a service and uh, Area photograph okay. and uh, security. So many, many company contact to our company. So the contact number of uh, drone uh, is uh, very larger than the coastal 
cause a problem. So we decide that we focus the drone business uh, maybe out of five years ago. Yeah. Okay. Your background when you were in university, um, your, your whole career was on studying that, that coastal erosion. So that must have been a, a hard decision to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. About 10 years ago in Japan, you know, the, uh, the big tsunami attack to Japan. Right, the, the, the big earthquake and tsunami. Yeah, 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 yeah. So at the time, so we had uh, so many, many jobs for the, uh, so how countermeasure against uh, tsunami. So many, many jobs. Right. And uh, after three years, the coastal problems are gradually smaller. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the, the environmental and coastal monitoring business was, was going yes, down at the yes. same time drone yes. business was yes, going yes, up. Yes, yes, this is a very cross point. So our company, this is a very, very big, the big chance to recontract to our company. Okay. Well, you've certainly done a, a lot since then. So let's, let, let's talk about some of the use cases because you're working with companies and organizations in so many different industries right now. So one of the ones that you've announced recently is the, the tunnel inspection projects with, um, with Mitsubishi. Can you talk a little about that? So, yeah, Mitsubishi project. This system is a very narrow space in the tunnel and uh, no GPS and uh, no, no, no radio waves, okay? So harder to fly area. So our team drone can fly without GPS and uh, without without radio waves. So the this drone, so some sensor on the drone. So uh, a lot of your use cases are indoor yes, drones. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, it's. It's very challenging to navigate mm-hmm. without GPS, without Wi-Fi or radio waves, uh, and sometimes even in the dark. So what technology do you use to, to do that? This is a very, very secret system. <laughs> <laughs> so for example, in the office and the factory and the tunnel, we select the different sensor unit. Uh, this is a very, very secret system there. Uh, in a factory and in office demo, we use a different sensor. Okay. Yeah, this is a very, uh, very difficult to select the sensor and the sensor fusion is a very difficult. This is uh, our technology. That's really, can, can you talk about the, the general base of the technology? Is it like infrared? Is it sound? Is it too secret even to give that level of description? Because before the announcement. Okay. okay. When are you planning on announcing? Uh, maybe April. Okay. All right. We'll have to follow up in April or later. <laughs> well, actually, one of the applications that received a lot of attention recently in the English language press is your project with Tassai and NTT East, the T-Friend project. T-Friend system uh, aims 
to the office security、uh, without people and、uh, reduce the overtime. Okay, so the drone will patrol an office,、yes. um, take video footage of what's there, and encourage people to go home by, by yeah, playing yes, music. Yes, 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 that's right. <laughs> yes, this is a more Japanese idea.、ね、yeah. <laughs> well, it, it that part of the idea, the drones for security, makes sense, and there's lots of companies around the world that trying to do that. But the drones to encourage people to go home and not work overtime. <laughs> This is very Japanese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So national problem. <laughs> Japanese people hardworking. Why? I mean, obviously, when you were, were developing and working on this project, this is something you you must have thought about a lot. But why is it so difficult for Japanese companies to reduce the amount of Overtime employees work. Why is it such a hard problem? Yeah, in Japan, the working is、uh, very, very appreciated in Japan. But you know, to be fair, I mean, work is appreciated everywhere.、Mm -hmm. it, it seems that, like many times in Japan, even when the management says we don't want the staff working overtime, we want you to go home on time. And the staff says we don't want to work overtime. We want to go home on time, but everyone ends up working overtime anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Do you think the drone will will help that, or is there a, a deeper problem?、Uh, so I think that drone system is a support this problem. The real problem is another point, maybe.、Mm -hmm. There another point. So the Japanese company changed the work style. In <laughs> this is a big problem.、Uh, at least our system support government problem. The initial launch is in April, and I think you announced like full production in October this year, right? Yes, that's right. What's been the feedback from HR managers? So this different service、uh, provide、uh, by the Taisei company. We have no information for、okay. yeah this problem. Okay. So Blue Innovation is is strictly handling the technical yes, side、right. of this that's project. Right, that's right. Okay. Well, that's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see the feedback in the market how this product does in the yes, marketplace. Yes, yes, that's right. Yes, that's right. So on the website, different press release last year.、Nice. So some people shout,、uh, "I don't need <laughs> this, this, type, this kind of drone." So on the website,、uh, the, so the SNS there,、uh, we we don't know <laughs> because the、uh, robotics always. Now the constant in the monitor. Yeah, moni monitor you. Oh, so, I,、uh, I、uh, so. I, I can understand that opinion if the worker just feels like robot harassment. Robot harassment. Yeah, that's right. So、uh, last year we announced、uh, the different, and the、uh, top searching ranking is a drone on the Twitter. So many many Twitter. I hate、uh, this kind of drone <laughs> because、uh, this is a、uh, 
yeah, that's why the robotics harassment. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we, we don't want controls the drone on, and the robotics. I feel, I feel the f- free. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so even in Japan, the initial reaction was, was negative. We'll have to see what happens when, when it's actually in the market and people start using it and there's real use cases. So, so far, I mean, we've talked about the T-Friend drone and uh, sewer pipe inspections and uh, tunnel inspections. Everything we've talked about so far has been, been flying drones. Does Blue Innovation also create crawling drones or swimming drones? Or are you strictly aerial drones? Maybe. So our client needs a water drone, tunnel drone. So maybe uh, we search the technology all over the world. Maybe so we develop. There are some needs, so maybe... So always, we aim to develop a robotics or a drone if some customer needs. So we try to develop. But, but so far, until now, it's all been the aerial drones, the flying drones. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Looking around the world at all of the uses of drones and the attempted uses of drones, most of the innovation seems to be in the flying drones. Why is that? Is it just simpler to write software that flies rather than swims or crawls? In general, there are many, many needs to carry the luggage. For example, the very, very narrow uh, metropolitan. So they are very crowded, the road. So many, 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 many cars and the trucks. So if there are new space, middle height. So uh, this is uh, s- very easy to so mm-hmm. transport, and the logistics is a very, very easy. In contrast, uh, in Africa, so there are no street. There are only the river and the, the desert. So in Africa, very hard to transport. So if there's a drone. Drone can deliver to anywhere. Very easy to transport. So they developed the only the drone port, not without rod. On, only the drone port. So this is a very cost down. So in, in general, so many, many people feel the variable for the maybe logistics. Okay. Logistics are very, very valuable. So in a sense then, it's, it's not so much the technology, it's just there's more use cases mm-hmm. for aerial drones than other types of drones. Yes, right yes. Okay. I want to ask one question, and maybe this is a silly question. When we were talking about all of the applications for indoor drones, whether it's offices or warehouses, how do you handle doors? Because there's, there's lots of doors in offices and warehouses, and drones can't open doors. <laughs> so maybe 
We want to sell the many, many drones. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. One drone per room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah, in the office, a uh, big problem. Uh, we assume one floor, one drone, and uh, one room, the one drone. So we assume. The, the big, big factory, maybe one or two, is uh, no, no problem. Okay. Yeah, so it just in practice, it's not that big a deal. It just was a strange image in my mind. <laughs> Let's talk a bit about your, your business model. Is Blue Innovation mainly a consulting company? Do you make money on the project fees? Do you license your software? What's your core business model? I see. So our business is mainly is system integrator for drone. So we provide services first as a consulting. Sometimes we use our system. So we provide our system Blue as platform, for example. So we provide our system. And sometimes we provide for drone operation. So we provide a total service. So the, the services or the integration company, as you're saying, like drone integration or any kind of system integration, tends to depend on, on partnerships. So do you plan on staying in Japan and working with various partners, or do you have plans to expand globally as well? So our company, very small company, about 30 or 35 people. So we focus the market the first time, Japan, Japan area. Maybe uh, next year, we plan to the increase my company's staff. So next year, we plan to the develop business partner offshore. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. With so many different kinds of projects, do you have a, a rule of thumb? Do you, have you ever had projects proposed to you that were just too crazy or too impossible? Some, something where you said, wow, that's a really interesting idea for drones, but the technology's just not there yet. So this stage on the market, we focus deep relationship with a big company. It's very, very important, I think. So if some company has a very good idea, but the uh, technique is very, very, very harder, uh, but uh, this company has a deep passion <laughs> and uh, so much money for the research. Maybe we will keep in touch with uh, the company. And uh, the maybe first time we provide a consulting service. So consulting service uh, contains develop milestone and the business, business milestone. So first year, three year, five year. So we have very, so many, many discussion maybe half a year, about uh, one year. So next year, we develop drone system. Or mm. so, so sometimes the consultation is simply, okay, you have to wait for the technology to catch up. Yes, that's right. Yes, yes. Okay. Gradually, gradually, gradually. So, so I think it is uh, very important to the relationship mm. with uh, one company and the one company. Because uh, our business is a B2B business, right, not right. B2C business. So does that mean you 
you haven't heard any ideas you thought were just impossible or you don't want to say what the ideas are in public? Yes. So maybe uh, two or three years ago, almost company uh, has a many, many big idea, very funny idea, but uh, it's uh, very, very difficult to develop the uh, the drone system. So two, two or three years, uh, many, many company, very difficult to the relationship, the, the big company, because uh, they don't know that what, what is drone. <laughs> but, but now, so many, many company know the drone system. Oh. So understand very drone system. So very easy to you know, get the new customer or a new, yeah, new re- relationship. So it's a combination of the technologies getting better and the customers are becoming more educated. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Makes sense. Mm. I don't mean I don't want you to name a specific product because I know you love all of your products equally. But with drones being used in everything from logistics to agriculture to environmental monitoring, what area are you most excited about? What area do you think drones will disrupt the most and change the most? I think logistics. In the past, airplane is the same history. Airplane was used the first time for the wars. Over the wars, the airplanes was used for the logistics. This project is a government strategies. Okay, I mean, that does make sense. Even the, the history of drones, they started out being financed largely by military, then they moved into, uh, well, still mostly military, but the, the hobbyist. And you think moving forward, it's mostly going to be commercial applications and particularly logistics? Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Tokyo and, uh, well, a lot of cities in Japan, last year, maybe the year before, they banned most outdoor drone flights. So the, the, the law regarding piloting drones and flying drones in Japan is still uncertain. Blue Innovation is, is doing a lot to try to make sense of that. Uh, two years ago, we developed the Sorapas for the drone maps. Sorapas uh, had non-fly area and the can-fly area displayed. We provide this application to the drone users. In Japan, almost people use uh, this application. So the, the drone pilots know where they can fly and where they can't fly? Yes, that's right. When do you think the Japanese government will be able to update the laws to be more drone-friendly? In Japan, the government, maybe, I think, don't want to develop the drone pilot certification because uh, if the government installed this system, there may be very, very big money. In this stage, it's very difficult to develop the certification system. So you think it will be done by industry associations? Yes, 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 that's right. Okay. Are the restrictions on outdoor drone use one of the reasons that you're focusing on indoor usage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Mm. So we focus the indoor, indoor fry system. The reason why is in Japan, outside there's uh, so many, many rules. Mm. So the application and the solution are very, very 
difficult to install. So we focus the indoor system. And the sensor system is uh, very stronger than the another country. So Japan is a very strong in this part. Okay, that makes sense. So it's a specialized area where Japan might become uniquely strong because it's forced to focus inside. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm. that's right. Mm-hmm. All right. Let me ask you, in terms of application, I mean, drones are a fascinating combination of hardware and software. Are most drone applications limited by the hardware side or the software side? So I think the hardware side. Yeah? Maybe. The hardware is uh, uh, the commodity, uh, same as a personal computer. So uh, we focus as uh, software and the system. Is the main problem with the hardware, is it price, weight? So I think the big problem is the flight time. So many, many drones use a lithium polymer battery. Using the lithium polymer battery drone uh, takes uh, about uh, 10 or 20 minutes. It's the very, very shortest. Some drone venture developed a long-time flight drone, the hydrogen drone system. Uh, this kind of drone takes uh, about uh, two or three hours uh, flight time. Yeah, uh, the big problem is flight time. Yeah, I, I can see that being hugely important, especially in things like sewer inspection or power line inspection. Mm-hmm. So that's right. And the second problem is uh, the payload. Right, and that's especially in logistics. It's all about how much payload they can carry, how yes. far. Yes, yes. That makes sense. Yes. So right now, China is really considered like the world's leader in drone yeah, technology. But do you think Japan can catch up and surpass China? I think that in China is a very stronger uh, the hardware development, number one technology all over the world. Mm-hmm. So Japanese company focus uh, development a drone service. The service layer, Japanese company has a big chance. So the, the, the software and the sensor integration? The, yes, yes, that's right. The specific application? Yes, yes, that's right. All right. That makes sense. Well, listen, before we wrap up, I, I want to ask you what I call my magic wand question. And, and the question is, if I gave you a magic wand and I said you could change one thing about Japan, <laughs> anything at all, the legal system, the education system, the way people think about taking risks, anything at all to make it better for startups in Japan and innovation in Japan, what would you change? So I want the high-level sensor unit, high-level accuracy sensor. The robotics and the mobility and the drone is a very uh, accuracy moved. I, I can see why that would be, that would solve one of your company's biggest problems and open up lots of applications. Mm-hmm. But what would change about all of Japan? So in, in Japan, uh, this is a social problem. Uh, and your investor, if there are some venture capital in Japan. But uh, so in USA, the venture capitalist uh, invest the huge money to the venture, mm. venture company. So in contrast, in Japan, a small size invest money. So the, the invest money are very different. So the Japanese venture focus uh, the very narrow area because uh, they have a very 
small, small money. Uh, in USA or the, uh, in Europe, they can get uh, the big money. So they try to the develop hardware, software, or etc. Large area, they can try to the develop very big, big area. So it's yeah, that's true. In Japan, it's very easy to raise small amounts of money. Yes, that's fifty thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars. But yeah, when it comes next to that next stage where you have to raise two million dollars or five million dollars. It's hard to get that from Japanese VCs. Yes, yes. So Japanese venture capital uh, invests uh, the huge money to the very later round, not 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 startup round. In USA, that the startup round, there's a huge money to invest. Yeah. Oh, I see. And so as a result, Japanese startups focus on those areas where they can quickly turn a profit. Yeah, yeah. And right. and. So, if Japanese VCs were willing to invest more money, Japanese startups would take more risks and try different kinds of、yes. industries. Excellent. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so many, many Japanese venture companies on this situation. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, Takayuki. I want to thank you so much for sitting down with me today. I、okay. really appreciate okay, thank it. Thank you. Thank you very much. And we're back. Okay, let's talk a bit about the T friend anti overtime drone. Now, sure, it's easy to criticize this as a silly idea, and when they announced it, media around the world ran stories about it. Most were brief, made a joke, and then moved on. But you and I, we can do better than that. Let's take a look at this and see what it can really tell us about Japan, and about ourselves. You see, technology always amplifies who we are. It doesn't necessarily make society better; it just makes it more efficient. It can make both our good decisions and our stupid mistakes much faster and cheaper than we can, and more importantly. When we use technology to make these decisions, it removes a layer of accountability. And sometimes we use technology to hide a problem that we know is real and we know is wrong, but we just don't know how to fix it. And this can be seen in the computer systems used in the United States for criminal sentencing and the setting of bail bonds. They are no less discriminatory or biased than individual judges. But the use of the technology gives the illusion of fairness and of objectivity, and that's what's happening with the T friend drone. I'm sure that you, and all disrupting Japan listeners, have heard of karaoke, death by overwork. It's a real thing in Japan. The amount of time worked is crazy in Japan, and the amount of unreported and uncompensated overtime is even worse. Most Japanese say that this is the result of a Japanese business culture that rewards loyalty and hard work, but it's not that. Many countries, in fact, almost all countries, have a business culture that rewards loyalty and hard work. No, the root of this problem is a bit deeper. It goes to the Japanese idea of honne and tatemai, and 
very, very crudely translated. Tatemai is what you say and what you're expected to say, and honne is what you mean. The unique Japanese twist on this idea is that you're never really expected to say honne, what you really mean, to those around you, who are expected to intuit it not from your words, which are simply tatemai, but from, well, here's where things start to go wrong. Knowing when you can ignore what someone is saying and being able to divine what they really mean is workable among family members and maybe close friends, but it doesn't scale well to a corporate hierarchy. This is why it is so hard for Japanese companies to reduce overtime. Most of the staff don't want to work overtime, and frankly, most of the management does not want their staff working overtime. But there is no way for a manager to communicate this that does not sound like tatemai. Despite the best efforts of both managers and employees, the employees left to guess at whether it is really okay to go home as scheduled, or if it's all just tatemai, and they will have their reputation damaged and be labeled as a shirker. And to be fair, the managers themselves can't be sure if their firm really wants them to reduce overtime or if it's just tatemai, something the company should be saying. As a result, we get crazy ideas like Premium Friday or the Tea Friend Drone that address the overtime issue by, well, not addressing it at all, but by sidestepping it. By pushing responsibility onto technology and policy and then washing our hands of the problem. And so the debate goes on. Is the desire to reduce overtime hours homne or tatemai? And the truth is that even that debate itself is just tatemai. If Japanese companies wanted to show they were serious about reducing overtime, there is a very simple way to do it. You adopt the perspective that while, yes, sometimes overtime is needed, a manager who consistently requires his staff to work overtime is clearly terrible at planning and resource management, and that that person should not be promoted to greater responsibility. We see that attitude in some Japanese startups, but never in enterprises, where visible effort is valued far more than results. That's the honne. Everyone understands it. If I were Japanese, it would be incredibly crass and vulgar for me to state this so directly, but I'm not Japanese. Premium Friday and the Tea Friend drone are just two more tatemai, and perhaps the worst kind of tatemai, where the executives can talk about reducing the stress on their employees while actually enacting policies that increase that stress. To be fair, a lot of Japanese, I think most Japanese, understand the absurdity of this situation. And Takayuki was quick to point out that he did not see the need for tea friend at his company. Startups and the innovative mid-sized companies might be the answer here. In fact, they are overwhelmingly setting up cultures that discourage work for work's sake and focusing on results. And they are being far more productive than Japanese enterprise because of it. 
Japanese startups are not only discovering new technologies and new revenue models, but are quietly solving some of Japan's biggest business problems as well. If you've got an opinion or some thoughts to share about overtime in Japan, or about flying, swimming, and or crawling drones, Takayuki and I would love to hear about it. So come by disruptingjapan.com slash show116 and tell us about it. When you drop by, you'll see all the notes and resources that Takayuki and I talked about and much, much more in the resources section of the post. Oh, and hey, I know you've been meaning to do this for a while now, but when you get the chance, please leave us an honest review on iTunes. It's really one of the best ways you can help support the show and help me get the word out. But most of all, thanks for listening. And thank you for letting people interested in Japanese startups know about the show. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for listening to Disrupting Japan.